ready for some word today? All right, let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans, the fourth chapter. Thank you, Lord. On this last warm day of the year. <laughs> Romans chapter 4. Let's begin reading here, here in verse 20. 420. It reads about Abraham. And he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Amen. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was accounted to him for righteousness. Today, uh, I want to take some time and continue a series that we began a few weeks back. This series is called, anybody know? Convinced. All right. If you're new with us today and you didn't hear parts, well, let's see. Part 1, 2, 3, and 4, those are available to you on our website if you'd like to listen to them, and you can get caught up. I see tremendous value in being convinced, in being settled. Another way, there are different ways to say this, being certain. You can just say it this way, being in faith, living the life of faith, but being absolutely sure of what is, specifically what God has said, His plan for our lives, His promises, what He has made available to us. You see, the things of God, the things of the Spirit are not are not the same as this physical world where if something is given to you, you just physically hold it and 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 have it the things of god are spiritually given to us and because they are spiritual in nature we must lay hold of them with our spirit you, you see you're you are not a body i am not a body i am a spirit who lives in a body all right but th- receiving things from god everything from salvation to healing to needs being met to prayers being answered these things are received in the spirit by the spirit i must learn how to find my spiritual hand and grab hold of a spiritual gift and pull it into the physical realm where i can enjoy it and benefit from it everybody with me And the way that spiritual things work is quite different than many have thought. Some have been, have been instructed that, well, if it's God's will, it'll just, it'll just happen. Whatever He wants to happen will happen. That's just not substantiated in Scripture. Okay, and you can see how the major, majority of people, and you might be one of them, and you can testify for your own experience, majority of people who think that way, they live far beneath God's plan and His blessing for their lives. But it is when someone realizes that what is provided by grace must be received by faith, then they walk in it. Okay, and when I am able to move my heart from not being just convinced by things I see and feel, that's a flesh-led life, but I become convinced of things that God has said, now what He said transforms the way that I live. My mentality, even the, the physical world that I live in, it will alter it. The things of this world that we see and feel are subject to change. It is the Word of God that will never change. And so if I can learn how to be settled and convinced inside concerning what is, 
what is in God, what He has promised, what has been provided in Christ, then I'll experience it. Then I'll walk in the blessing of it. But until that time, I'll live without it. Even though it's the plan of God, the will of God, it is His love towards me that has made it available. Everybody with me today? Okay. Now, Abraham did this. Of course, God gave him a promise, but he had to be convinced before it was accounted to him for righteousness. When he got right, he got a baby. <laughs> when he got right, he, the fulfillment of God's promise came to pass in his life. Amen. So we've been talking to you about how to become convinced. We said to you already, number one, we become convinced through evidence. If we look at the overwhelming evidence of the claims of Jesus, the apostles, the Word of God, you can become certain and settled inside concerning what is said. Then also, we said these things, that we can become convinced through the testimony of others' experience. Through the testimony of others' others experience. Now, I know this works powerfully in my life. When I hear about God moving in someone else's life, it inspires me to lay hold of that same blessing. I realize if they got it, I can get it. Uh, if God will do it for you, God will do it for me. And, and like we said to you before, it's one of the reasons we, we, we value testimony and why we share them all the time in public we 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 you know we talk about the good things that god is doing not magnifying the good the bad things that are happening in this world i mean couldn't we get come up here and give news every week you know what i mean by news you know like cnn constant negative news (laughs) you know we could come up here and give you the update of what's happened in the world this week and a large part of it would, would be negative. What would that do for us? Well, we'd go, oh, wow. We'd be shocked. It would be somewhat entertaining. I mean, why in the world do, pe- do people tune into that? Well, because there's an entertainment value to hearing negative stuff. Even if it's a, you know, bad things happening, there's an, there's an interest that's perked in the carnal mind to listen to it. Okay, we could go out of here and all talk and we'd have stories to tell. Did you hear this? Did you hear what happened here? Did you, did you see this report? Uh, but it wouldn't do us any good in our lives. In fact, it would actually harm us. But when you hear the, li- the live testimonies, I say live, the current testimonies of God moving in someone's life. How they were sick and now they're well. How their marriage was busted but now it's back together again. How they were sad but now they're happy. One more time. Come on. How people are walking in victory in life. What does that do for us? It, it's, it works to move our heart into a direction, into a place where we are absolutely sure that what God did for someone else, He will do for others. He will do for us. And then as our, as our faith is inspired, we walk in the blessings of God as well. How many know we should all watch what we're digesting on a word level? on a, a sight level, what we're feeding on, because it will influence whether we're able to receive the good things that God has provided or not. You know, Peter said in Acts chapter 10, he said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality when talking about the gospel going to the Gentiles. He, no, he, he, he shows no partiality. That means if you hear a testimony about God doing it for someone else, just say, thank you, Lord, I'll take that too. 
Because I am your beloved. I am in Christ. How many know you cannot be more or less in Christ than others? You're either redeemed, you're either forgiven of every single sin, or you're not. Hmm? In the kingdom of God, there's not first class and coach. There's no suites and, you know, studios. Right? You're in the family. You have full access to the kitchen. You do. I mean, even if you're the prodigal son who's been away, once you come home, light it up. Here we go. Band is starting. Fire fire is burning. Let's have a party. Because you're in the family. You have access to all of what God has. All of what He has provided for us. Amen. No, no second-rate Christians in the house today. Some say, well, I don't deserve. Not talking about what you deserve, because you're right. <laughs> in fact, all of us are in that boat. We don't want to talk about what we deserve. I don't really like to talk about what I deserve. I, I like to talk about grace. I like to talk about mercy and forgiveness and God's love towards me. And now everything's possible again because it's not based upon what I have done right or wrong. It's based on Jesus and what he did right in my place. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm getting off a little bit away from my message here. But you understand the value in, 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 in testimony and talking about these, these things is great for us because it instructs our heart and our soul, our, our, our mentality, how to think. Uh, what to keep operative in our in our mentality? Praise the Lord! And so when I hear about someone experiencing God in a in a way in a manner in which I have not that I have not experienced Him, I have not uh, ha- had an encounter with Him in that way. That I love that. I love that because what it just challenges me to say, hey, there's something else out there. There's something else available. There's a relationship with God. There's an or may I say it this way? There's an an aspect of a relationship with God that I have not yet experienced, but now I know that I can. Now I know it's available. Now I know I can set my heart and pursue these things, and God will show himself to me just like he has done for somebody else. By the way, use your testimony. If God has answered your prayer, changed your life, moved in you, use that. It's not just for public proclamation. It is for personal conversation. Some, I mean, I know many times people struggle, Christians I'm talking about now, struggle with what to say when I want to share the gospel with an unbeliever, family, friend, co-worker, whatever. What do I say? How do I get the conversation started? Anybody ever been there before? I've been there before. It's like, man, how do I start this thing off? How do I get the conversation rolling without it being weird and awkward and everything else? Well, one, one good way is you look for an opportunity to tell about your own life. To say, this is what happened with me. This is what happened in my life. This is what happened when I did this. And when you're just telling a story, well, that's not hard to tell. It's not hard to tell your story. Now, someone said, I don't really have a story. Well, that's why we have church. We want to help you get a story. Huh? Whether you're lost and need to be saved or you're in the kingdom, but just not experiencing God, not having your your prayers answered, we, we can change that. It doesn't have to be that way. In fact, I, I would be like extremely annoyed if it were that way for very long. Like I said last week to you, we should not be satisfied with an ineffectual message or word or relationship with God. If it doesn't literally alter our lives in tangible, identifiable ways, then we're missing something. But thank God He's merciful and He's kind. We can make adjustments and we can get things in line. We can become convinced. When we are, you'll see a flow, an overflow of God's, of God's Word, of His power, of His grace moving in your life like you've never had before. Then you have a story to tell. Come on. Then you have a story every week to tell. 
Praise the Lord. Everybody ready for number three? All right, I'm trying to get there. I hope I don't use all my message introduction, introducing uh, in the introduction. <laughs> number one, evidence. Number two, testimony of others' experience. Number three, personal revelation. I become convinced, I become established and settled and sure inside because of personal revelation. Now, this is a very common method through which people become convinced of truth. It happens in our services every single week. It happens on an ongoing basis. I know that not everyone is going to study history, study evidence that was, that was left both in the Word and outside the, 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 the Bible. Uh, not everyone is going to do that. And the reality is not everybody needs to. Many of us came to the Lord and we didn't do the research. We didn't, get, we didn't dig in and, and look at everything. But what happened was God revealed Himself to us, and it was sufficient for us to base our eternity upon that revelation. I mean, this is a powerful thing that cannot be necessarily explained by a skeptic for, for someone to say, well, give me a reason why you believe. God showed Himself to me. It's like, what? Someone without the revelation, someone without light cannot comprehend that light. They cannot understand why someone would make a, an eternal decision. They cannot understand why someone would alter the direction of their life, begin to be generous, all of a sudden forgive those who wronged them. They, they, would, they don't understand why someone would do that based upon they came out of a church service one day or they got into their own Bible and they sought the Lord and they came out of that a different person. It is this reality, and you see it happening all over the world, not just here, and that is this, God reveals Himself to people, and that revelation changes everything. They become convinced inside of what they saw. And I say saw, it's typically not a physical eye seeing, it is internal that the light turns on and change comes. Okay? This happens, like I said, Every time we have church services, it's the, it's the primary way that most of us came to salvation. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, remember, well actually Jesus said this, um, I think it's uh, John 16, that the Holy Spirit, when He would come, He would convict, remember that word, the world uh, of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Remember that? The Holy Spirit would convict the world. Well, what is that? Well, one definition, actually, if you look up that word, convict means to convince. What is he doing? He's convincing the sinner, you're in trouble, dude. <laughs> you, are, you are messed up and you need to get saved. You need to get right with God. He convicts. In other words, part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to convince, to reveal, to show people what's right. To show people the way things really are. And how many know what, what many times we see it with our physical eyes is not the complete picture. In fact, like all the time. It's not all that's happening. It's not the complete story. It's not the whole scenario. We've got to have spiritual insight. The Holy Spirit of God does that for us and for people all day long. When you share the gospel with someone, you're sharing words. And the Holy Spirit is on the inside turning the light on. He's turning the light on. So what you say with one person in the dark and they go, oh, 
And then at another time or with another person, you say it, and the light is there. Wow. And instantly, they're transformed. And that's the person who's poor. That's the person who's wealthy. That's the person who's educated. That's the person who's not. It's all realms of life. It's not dependent on a couple circumstances of that. It is dependent upon light. When personal revelation happens, things change. Our hearts are convinced. That's why I know this. When we do healing services, the Lord helps me and helps us. When I minister in those services, my goal is not to be exhaustive. And to cover Genesis through Revelation and talk about healing and sickness and disease and all these kind of things. But to give enough to where the light will turn on. And we see it again and again and again and again and again. Testimonies come. When this was said. When this happened. I saw it. I I saw it. And I came and I was prayed for. And just like that, my sickness was gone. Just like that, my pain went away. Just like that, I had a change in my life. Why? It comes because they were convinced inside. Then everything comes easy. I know this raises questions in people's minds that haven't been instructed this way. It raises questions about how things happen and why things don't happen. But I can tell you for certain, this moves God. Not people's, people's need doesn't move God, but faith moves God. Faith is what pleases Him. When we get established and settled inside of what is, we will act like we wouldn't act before. We will do things we wouldn't do before. And again, the Spirit of God, He is in us to reveal, to show us, to convince even of those things that are true, that are right, so that we can experience God's best. Now, look at Matthew 16 with me. Matthew, the 16th chapter, you'll find that many times these different methods that I'm teaching in this series will work together, not just one independent of another. Personally, I think that this third point in personal revelation must be present all the time. Even when someone is looking at evidence, even when someone is hearing the testimonies of others, that God will still be the one, the Spirit of God, to unveil and to turn the light on and to show a person what is right and true. He'll just use those other methods as tools to get to that end. In Matthew 16, this is where Jesus was asking His disciples basically what people were saying about Him, what the word on the street was. And they said, some say you're this, some say you're that. Verse 15, 16, 15, But He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but... My Father who is in heaven. What happened here? He said, My Father in heaven revealed this to you. This was revealed not by flesh and blood. This was not revealed by this physical, earthly, uh, material world. It was a spiritual revelation. You got it, Peter. You saw that. You heard from God here. You've got this revelation. And he said as a result of that, what did he say? Blessed are you. How many know that, that statement is still true? When you get a revelation from God, when he reveals and shows you something, you're blessed as a result of it. So someone said, I just want the blessing of God to flow in my life. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Hear from God. Hmm. 
Hear from God. So I don't know how to hear from God. Yes, you, you do more than you know, but that, that's why I'm talking today. All right. Good thing you came to church on the last warm day of the year. <laughs> because listen, when you get something from the Lord, you personally get it. And it, it's happening with some sitting right here, right now. Lights are being turned on. God is showing himself to you. You are blessed as a result of it. And that's not just a figure of speech like, oh, you're a nice person. And uh, No, the blessing of God shows up tangibly. It literally alters uh, emotions. It alters physical bodies. It alters a person's livelihood and their, their existence in this world. So Jesus said to Peter, man, you're blessed. You're blessed. Why am I so blessed? Because you got that from the Father. He showed you that. He revealed that to you. Okay? Again, this is when the light turns on. Sometimes it's when something someone knew mentally becomes a heart reality. You may have been able to quote the verse or explain, you know, some aspect of it from an academic perspective. But when revelation from God comes, it's real in you. It's like, oh, wow, I see this. Yeah, now it's going to work. Here we go. Sometimes, uh, you know, have you ever looked at something and you thought you knew it? You looked at it, you looked at it, you thought you knew it, you thought you knew it. But then it was said one more time, and now you really knew it. I, I remember uh, hearing the story. I better, I better hurry up. I'm going to run out of time today. You guys must be doing a good job, Poland. Good job. Yay, nice. Uh, but man of God was ministering to someone who praying for their, their healing. And the Lord basically instructed, instructed him at this time in his life that when he was ministering to the sick, he said, when you put your hands on people, he said, at times you'll feel the power of God jump back and forth. And he, he told him, this is not a Bible verse, this was, he told him, he said, when you, when you have the power of God that jumps back and forth between your hands, like when he put his hands on two sides of a person, he said, that's a demonic presence there. He said, then you'll know that that's not just a sickness naturally. He said, there's a demonic presence enforcing that sickness and you'll know to deal with that. So he said, I was ministering this one day during, to this person. And he, I put my hands on both sides, and he said, it, bam, 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 bam. the power was going back and forth. Many times, you know, you know if you lay hands on people for healing, you, sometimes there can be a sensation, awareness of the power of God going out of you into them. And anyway, that, that was going on back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so he, he knew, and he cast the, the thing out. He said, all right, you know, told the Spirit it had to go in Jesus' name. And this guy's problem was he was all... Uh, fused up in his back and all, he couldn't bend over at all and it was it was that that kind of issue and he so he told the guy now now why don't you see if you can you can bend over and uh and the guy couldn't and he thought you know what's going on here so he did it again put his hands on him rebuked the spirit told it to leave told him uh, what now why don't you see if you can bend over and uh and uh, he did, and, and it didn't work. I think he did it three times, right? And uh, uh, three times, and why don't you see if you can bend over? And, and he couldn't. And then, and then as, he, as he was doing this, he turns around, and Jesus is standing there. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he has this discussion with, with, with the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, I said, I said the Spirit would leave. And he said, well, yeah, I know, Lord. You, I know you said that, but he didn't. <laughs> and and the, the Lord looked at him again and said, but, but I said it would. And he said, I know, Lord, you said that. I know you told me it would leave, and, 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 but I did that, and it, and it didn't leave. And the Lord said, but I told you it would. 
And, uh, and he said, I know, Lord, I know you said that, but uh, I did, and I commanded to leave, but it didn't leave. <laughs> and he, he, said, he said the Lord looked at him and, and, and shouted and real strong looked at him and said, but I said it would, and disappeared. And uh, how many know sometimes you think you know something, but what you know, it, what you think you know is correct, but you don't really know it because your knowing it is demonstrated by what you do with it. He, he at this point, he called that person back up because that, uh, that person went away. He called that person back up and he laid his hand. Well, I don't think he said he didn't even lay his hands on him that time. He just said, I told you to go and so you're gone. Something to something of that nature. And then he, then he said to the guy, now bend over. And immediately he did. Instead of see if. See if this ha- works. How many know that's, you're not convinced if you're seeing if. You're not seeing if, you're seeing that. And he told him, and just like that, he was set free. And that, and, and that thing was dealt with. Anyway, that's bonus material. <laughs> Go to Romans chapter 10 with me. Can you handle a little bit more today? Romans. The 10th chapter. This is a well-known verse of Scripture. Romans chapter 10. Notice with me over here in verse 17. Romans 10, 17 says, So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by what? By praying for faith. Lord, just give me more faith. The Bible doesn't say faith comes by praying for faith. It says faith comes by Hearing and hearing by the hearing by the word of God. Now, you, if you study this passage, you'll know that in Romans 10, of course, is what we use commonly to lead someone to the Lord, believing in your heart, saying with your mouth concerning his uh, resurrection and, and lordship, the Lord Jesus. And then he goes on to talk about how people can't hear the message without a preacher. The preachers have to be sent. Uh, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And he's talking about, about sending people out with the message of, uh, of, of faith, with the message of the lordship of Jesus and God's grace. And, uh, and then he gets down to this passage about, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What is he talking about in particular when he, when he says that faith comes by hearing? He's talking about people going out and preaching proclaiming, teaching, uh, speaking the Word of God, he said then faith would come to those people. Uh, how many know that uh, a real truth that all of us should understand is that preachers are necessary? Say amen. amen. <laughs> but how many know the, the reality is is that this world needs more preachers? Now, I'm not just talking about five-fold ministers or pastors or evangelists. Uh, any believer, really, who will go and will preach, who will carry a message, th- these things are, are necessary, absolutely essential. Why? Because if it doesn't happen, people won't believe. Well, I believe we should just li- uh, let people see our, wa- see our life and they'll believe they'll come to the Lord based upon our character and seeing us live with them. Well, you know, there's truth to that. There's, there's validity to that. But the Bible didn't, j- didn't say go into all the world and live a Christian life in front of the unbelievers. That gives strength and credibility to what you say. But how many know you have to say? The word has to be spoken. That word has to be uh, taught. It ha- the gospel has to be preached in order for people to believe. Now, this, this verse here, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
hearing by the Word of God. That last phrase is interesting because the word word there is, is the Greek word rhema, which has to do with the spoken word. Okay, it, It's not just um, a word, but it's a, a spoken word. And the phrase God there, it's interesting that many of the, the old manuscripts, in fact, the oldest manuscripts you'll see in a lot of your newer translations will not say God there. It, it will say, faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing the spoken word of Christ. Now, uh, Greek word Christos, okay? Now, if you understand the word Christ, that's not just a person, Okay? Jesus was the person, the Son of God and the Son of Man, the God-man, but He was called the Christ. You'll see it in Scripture, sometimes He's called Christ Jesus. I'm never called Boer Mark. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we usually say our names in order. What's with Jesus? Having His name switched around all the time in Scripture. Sometimes he's Jesus Christ, sometimes he's Christ Jesus. Well, because Christ is not a, a last name, right? He wasn't the son of Mr. and Mrs. Christ. Christ has to do with the anointing, has to do with his call, has to do with he was the Messiah. He was the anointed one to uh, proclaim a message, to bring healing to the sick, to, to, to do all the things that he did. He was anointed or empowered by God to do the things that he did. So when we see this, and we see that faith comes by hearing a spoken word, and the word is Christ, the word of Christ, what does that mean? Does that mean it's the words of Jesus? Yes, but it really, the emphasis is not just on the person of Jesus, but on the anointing. How do people become convinced? Faith. The Greek word faith uh, means to be persuaded it means it means convinced okay uh, how does a person get there by hearing an anointed spoken word not just by hearing a word spoken not just by hearing any kind of audible noise listen not just by being in church sad to say not everything that goes on in church is anointed not everything that's done in the name of the Lord has the Spirit of God on it. You can see, there are, uh, you know, I'm not calling anyone by name, but there are groups that are gathering around the world and God is not, He's not there at all. People's lives aren't being changed. It's not a place of joy and victory. It's not a place of healing and restoration. It is a place of religion. It is a place of condemnation. It is a place to make people feel bad about how they're failing in life. There's no, there's no victory there. There's no Spirit of God there. There's no anointing there. And if the Word is being said and there's no anointing on it, people aren't convinced. There is no personal revelation. And if I am not settled on the inside as to what God has said to me, I will not experience it. It won't be like Abraham accounted to me for righteousness. Is everybody with me today? This is a powerful thing that's very necessary in all of our lives. I know sometimes look, people look at like what I'm doing right now, and it's just a natural thing. I had relatives years ago. I still have them, I guess, but some of them passed away and, and, and so forth. But uh, on the few occasions when, when they would hear me speak, uh, they would be very complimentary and say, that was a very nice speech. 
and, and they meant it with all good intent. But when they would say that to me on the inside, I'm, uh, I'm going, I am not a politician. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a speech. All right, speeches have their place in this world. I'm just not a speecher. You know what I mean? I don't prepare a speech for Sunday morning. I don't even prepare a talk. I don't like that language. I'm going to give my talk. No, I'm speaking the Word of God. God has given me a Word. He has revealed things to me. And His Spirit comes upon me to say it in such a way that people's hearts will be moved to a place of being convinced There is inward conviction that says, yes, that's me, that's my God, that's what He said to me, I'll have that now. And this happens all the time because God is involved with what we're doing here. And it is a word that is anointed that changes our lives. I can tell you of many times uh, when I have been sitting in a, a service like this, and someone is teaching, someone is preaching the, the Word of God, where I'm just buzzing on the inside. What, what do I mean? I mean, I'm seeing stuff. I have it in the car. I'm, I listen to teaching and good messages in the car sometimes on CD or on the iPhone. And, and, uh, and I listen to stuff. And as people are, as they're talking, I'm seeing stuff. Sometimes stuff that they're not even saying. They're saying one thing, and I'm seeing, they read a scripture, and it really wasn't even the point of their particular message that day, but I'm seeing something else going, ooh, 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 this is good. What's going on there? How, why is that happening? They're speaking, but there's an anointing on what they're doing. The power of God is there to unveil and reveal things to uh, the group they're speaking to, to me. And uh, in, in that presence, see, you might be getting things here today from God that I've not even said. I didn't, wasn't even written down in my notes. I never even thought of it. But as I'm sharing, the anointing is working in you to cause you to see things. Praise God. How many understand that faith does not exist outside of knowledge? One cannot believe what they don't know. All right, and when the word of God is spoken with an anointing, it'll impact a person's heart, causing faith to rise up. Someone say, "Well, I just believe I can read the Bible all by myself on my own and get everything I need from God that way." Well, I think that's possible. I mean, God will speak to all of us, and I should be getting things from God all on my own, by myself, no one else around. You are not just dependent upon a church, upon a pastor to have a relationship with God and to to have revelation and to have all these things going on. You are not just dependent upon that. But I tell you what, I don't think it would be very wise to cut off or to separate or isolate yourself from those whom God has placed His Spirit to say things. Why? The end result is, I get revelation. When I get personal revelation through other people, through God speaking through other people, I don't really care how it comes to me. Comes to me through an open vision, comes to me through a word in the hallway, or through a powerful teaching and, 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 and worship service. I, I, I want to I walk with God. I want to hear His voice. I want to know for certain what is, what is truth, what is reality, because then I'm free. Then I walk in victory. And until that happens, I'm just on my own, struggling in my own will. Amen. Amen. Let's look at Ephesians 1. We'll finish here today. Ephesians chapter 1. Hope everybody's good.
We're going to worship the Lord in a minute, and it's going to be a time that's good. Ephesians chapter 1, and uh, I, I think with, with many people's lives, there might be a lot, of, lot more deception going on when they're isolated than they realize. They think, well, I see everything, I know everything, I understand everything, I pray, I read, read my Bible, all these things. Well, you're not getting another perspective. You're never being challenged by uh, an opposing thought, and I think that's good for us. So I know there may be those here today that said, I don't know about what this guy is saying. I, you know, I don't know about this. Well, that's fine. I think that you're in a good place. If you, if you go somewhere, and, 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 and I know we hear this all the time. People say, I really love this church. I agree with everything. Okay, I, agreement. We value agreement. But you know what I also value at times is a different thought than I already had. <laughs> And if you hear something different than what you've always accepted, don't throw it out just because it's different. I don't mean you have to swallow it just, you know, like the new bird in the, in the, in the nest waiting for the worm either. You know, mouth wide open, just swallowing everything that comes your way. But I, I don't think it would be a good idea for us to just throw things out because I've never seen it or thought about it that way before. That sounds more like the, the, the guy described as a fool in the book of Proverbs. Oh, but that wasn't very nice, so I'll go on. Finishing in Ephesians. I got more today I didn't even get to, but you guys are doing such a great job listening and soaking it up. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul prayed here, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Paul prayed for them this way, that they would have wisdom and what? revelation that's the curtain being pulled back that's them looking through and seeing things that were always there but they just didn't know where they were there that revelation would come uh, in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may what that you may what that you may know that you may know. This is the prayer that I pray for you. This is the prayer that I have for for myself for all of us that we would have revelation knowledge our eyes our spiritual eyes would be opened so that we could come to a place of knowing when you know it so when you're certain that it's so you'll experience God in that degree amen we have to move beyond a place of uncertainty of question of I don't know to a place of oh yeah this is it right here uh, this is right. This is true. I'll, wi- I'll live by this. I'll act upon this. I will use this in my life. I'll use it for other people. And then you see a manifestation of God working through your life.